This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, April 28th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If you are watching on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, you see the handsome faces of Mark Porter and Bill Curlick. Make sure you are subscribing, liking, or doing whatever you can to make us feel better about our operation here. We have a huge day ahead of us. It's a big day at Bucknuts. It's Fan Appreciation Day. It's draft day. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, as we said, better have their best threads picked out for tonight. Plus, there's a ton of recruiting stuff going on. Crystal balls are rolling. Mark, Bill, how are you guys this fine morning? Excellent. Thanks for having me. Doing well. William, you good? Doing well. Sunny day here in central Ohio and uh, ready to go. You haven't had any contact with Baker Mayfield today, Bill? <laughs> Not today, no. So we will see where Baker ends up. Tonight is the draft, like we said. So 24-7, we'll be all over it. We will be all over it from the Ohio State side. Let's start in our wheelhouse with these two guys, and that is recruiting. One of the top players in the state of Ohio, Austin Cyrovel, I hope I pronounced that correctly, from Westchester outside of Cincinnati, will make his commitment. He's down to three schools. Both you guys have an informed opinion on him. Bill, if you could let us know the latest on his recruitment, and Mark, if you could let him know how good he is, let's roll. Well, he is uh, he is going to announce on Wednesday, next Wednesday, uh, 3.15 p.m. Eastern time. It is in the gym at Lakota East High School, and um, I've said for quite some time that I, I give the Buckeyes the edge. It's three schools, but really, in my opinion, it's two, Ohio State or Notre Dame, and I crystal balled him. And the other is Alabama, is that right, Bill? Alabama is the other school. I don't see him going there. Um, uh, But um, I've said for quite some time in my If I Had to Predict Right Now feature and some of the other stuff I've written that I have, Ohio State is the leader, give them the edge. And tonight, this morning, I I went ahead and crystal balled him to Ohio State. I think that's where he picks. Um, And I was told quite some time ago uh, by a good source that if Ohio State could land Cyrovelt, Luke Montgomery and Josh Padilla, the three in state, the big three in state, that they would take care of at least all of their interior offensive line needs because those three guys can all play inside. Um, since then, Justin Fry has taken over, and he he likes uh, uh, Luke Montgomery at least initially play tackle for the Buckeyes. So 
if they get Cyrilville, which I think they will, they'll be in good shape with kind of uh, three-fifths of the offensive line going across a tackle, a center, and a guard, and they're all very good. Mark, where do you think he fits best? You know, he plays tackle in high school, obviously, and that's where I saw him play versus Mason this year. But when I watched him at camps, they bumped him inside the guard. They had him play in a center. And I would compare him to like a Jack Muhort, maybe uh, Billy Price, somewhere in that range, a guy that is have some versatility. Don't know if he'll ever have to kick down the center. But guard, right tackle, uh, you know, if they're going to give Luke Montgomery the chance at uh, tackle first, you may see Sierra Velda guard. But he's got good feet. He's got a good frame. He's not extremely long like a uh, Paris Johnson, and you know, like the, that six-seven length. But he is a long guy that could play tackle. And, and if you read the tea leaves this week, uh, Bucknuts had an item yesterday about Eric Wolford from Alabama being in Ohio. I don't think one of his stops was Lakota East, which is telling. If you're going to get a commitment in a day, you usually stop by to bump elbows and shake hands. So, uh, reading the tea leaves uh, apparently is helping us uh, narrow down our picks today. No and doubt. Specific, and I, of course, go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. Specifically, I might add that uh, originally Ohio State told uh, Josh Padilla they really like him at center. And as Mark knows, too, he, he plays tackle for uh, Huber Heights Wayne, but they like him at center. Uh, Cyrilville could be a center, but more as a guard. So uh, you got Padilla at center, Cyrilville at guard, and then Montgomery at tackle. Yeah, uh, Wolford is from Alabama and was in the state yesterday. We saw some images of him at Springfield, et cetera. All right, let's talk about wide receiver here. Last name will be the same. The spelling will be different. First, Noah Rogers, wide receiver, uh, North Carolina. Steve Wolfong rolled a crystal ball there. That wasn't one of the names we've heard so much about. I mean, this has been the Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis uh, PR show here at Bucknuts. This guy can play, though, Bill. Give us the latest and kind of where you think he fits in as, you know, wide receiver recruiting here is almost about more selecting than recruiting. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Um, yeah, I did a story on him on Sunday, I believe it was, Sunday morning. I talked to him after his Ohio State visit for the spring game, and, you know, I, I agree Ohio State is the leader for him right now. I'm not ready to crystal ball him yet, but I really feel Ohio State's the leader for him. He, he was, you know, effusive in his praise of what a great visit he had to Ohio State, and I do think, you know, he's going to likely end up at Ohio State or North Carolina State, and everybody's going to say Ohio State doesn't recruit against North Carolina State, but he's got some connections there. He's been there, I think, approximately 20 times he's been to Ohio State once and he's got some connections there uh his best friend is a quarterback that is headed there um as a commitment so there are some connections now having said that I do think Ohio State leads he told me he's going to make an official visit likely to Ohio State either the third or fourth weekend in June, they're trying to get as many of their top targets in the fourth weekend in June. And, and I do like where Ohio State is right now. And I will say that uh, a good source that I really trust in North Carolina has been doing recruiting stuff down there for at least 12 years. He says in his time down there and 12 years in North Carolina that Noah Rogers is the best prospect he has seen in that time, including Todd Gurley, including Dexter Lawrence. So that says a lot. I mean, he's the real deal. Good-sized kid, too. They are not going after the diminutive types. I believe he tops out at about 6'2". 
Speaking of which, let's add a D to the name. Bryson Rogers committed to Ohio State recently. And God forbid people question Brian Hartline briefly because this is not among the more highly rated players. However, Mark, you did a deep dive on him and we did a report on him. And you're here to tell us that, once again, Brian's heart, Brian, Brian Hartline is on point. Yeah, and, and you guys know me. I won't uh, always jump on the Ohio State bandwagon with the evaluations. And when you see this kid's a three-star, you know, the bells and whistles go off in your head, what's going on? And I put the tape in, and, and I was like, somebody has some explaining to do. Either the guys didn't see this kid soon enough and get that three-star ranking right, but he's a five-star. He is absolutely electric. For 6'2", 170 pounds, he gets off the line and press, and guys are whiffing on him. He's got double moves setting guys up coming out of the breaks. He's got breakaway speed. He's got the hands. He is silky smooth. He's, he's like a, a clone of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, the way they run their routes. It really is canny how Brian Hartlining is bringing in this same prototypical type of receiver over and over again. And I know we got Ennis and uh, Tate-centric around here at Bucknuts, but, boy, I mean, when you watch this kid, I'll take him in a heartbeat. And, you know, a lot of these rankings, I think, uh, the press is all the time catching up. You know, there's so many kids to rank, you know, four or 500 in Florida every year and hundreds across the country that there are kids that maybe you watch them sophomore year and you don't see it yet. But put on this, you know, junior tape. I mean, class of 2023. Wow. He's got to be one of the best. And I'm sure the, the stars will follow. Bill, you feel the same way? Yeah. And um, yeah, he's an interesting kid in that, um, you know, he wasn't really – as you mentioned, Dan, highly talked about, and partly for some of the reasons Mark talked about. But Ohio State has a legitimate chance to get Carnell Tate, uh, Noah Rogers, um, uh, Brandon Ennis. They've got Rico Flores out there. They've got Jacase Petaway. You know, <laughs> for them to take Bryson Rogers as early as they did, the first receiver in the class, you know they're sold on him 100%. Yeah, that's right. I am too. I am too. This, and I'll talk about this later when we talk about the draft. This is why when people are talking about taking other receivers ahead of guys Hartline had on the depth chart, that's a little bit of yeah. hubris there, in my opinion. If you think you know better than the guy who spent all day with them since they were basically 17 years old. All right, let's stay with the good news of the crystal balls. Everybody, crystal ball Dylan Rayola to Ohio State. Mark, you did a review of them. This is a heavily recruited quarterback, class of 2024 out of Arizona. I'll tell you one thing I like about him. We talk about I am a sucker for the son of NFL players. I think it's a toss-up. I will take the kid who grew up around tremendous training and had someone do it in front of them. Um, if you're an NFL player, you certainly are going to be able to tell your kid how to do it a little bit better. You usually have the financial wherewithal to get it done. Um, all that good stuff. Most of the time you see the guys play the same position as their dad. Dylan Rayola, his dad must have known from bending down for 14 years and having Matt Stafford's hands in his crotch that be better to actually stand behind and make a ton more money eventually. But I like the idea of a quarterback having kind of a durable offensive lineman for a dad. He's already 6'2 and about 6'3 and about 225 pounds. You did a report on him, Mark. Where do you think he fits in with the other guys? You've done all the guys. You've done yours. You've done Montgomery's of the world. 
let us know where he fits in. And then Bill, you can take it from the recruiting angle after that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's top of the food chain. Uh, you brought it up that 225 pounds is unusual at the quarterback position, especially for a young kid. You're that big, that young, the chances of you getting moved to tight end or offensive line or something like that are very large. Not too many kids stick around a quarterback there. That gives him a very powerful core, the durability, the strong base. Uh, he probably trained like an offensive lineman while he was training with his dad and, you know, that type of thing. So he's got the girth and the strength, the flexibility to play quarterbacks there. What's unusual about him or what he did different than some of the other quarterbacks is I don't know if he's trying to imitate Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, but he's doing the no-look passes. He's got his body and his base face in one way, and he's shooting the ball across his body. And it's because he has this incredible arm strength where those throws don't seem unusual or hard to him. And there had to be four or five of them. It wasn't just like he got a lucky one in or, you know, some high school kids will get a lucky, crazy pass. And uh, this was a repetitive thing where he's rolling one way. And then the other thing is, is he – scrambles in that pocket, but he doesn't want to cross the line of scrimmage. He keeps those receivers live as long as he can, and his eyes are downfield. And with the big arm and how he can reach all corners of the field, whether it's throwing across the field 50 yards or that's a lot of ground for people to cover when his eyes can scan the field. Uh, I really like when quarterbacks have that poise to use their feet to buy time. Uh, he has the accuracy. He spins it well. And, you know, something you touched on, physical tools are there, but the mindset of having an NFL dad and being around NFL guys really sets you up mentally. And, you know, we, we can't measure your heart. We can't measure what's in your brain, but you can, like you're saying, I'll slide my chips to the center on a kid that's got an NFL background in his family anytime. And of course the genes are there. Not to mention his dad was a center. And though those guys are in the trenches, you have to be a cerebral cat to play center in the NFL for that. He's seen everything. Now, he's just not as well-known because he played for the Lions and, you know, toiled in obscurity. But Dominic Riola was as good a center as there was for about 10 years in the league. Bill, do you expect his son to be a Buckeye? Can I go buy my jersey? <laughs> well, one thing I want – before I talk about that, one thing I want to add to Mark, uh, you know, talking about his size, you know, strength, girth, and everything. He is legit size-wise. I've seen him in person. You know, he's not one of these kids that is listed at 6'2 or 6'3, and you see him, and he's six foot one and 195 pounds. He's not that. He's legitimate size-wise, you know, 6'3 and built extremely well. So, you know, Mark, you're right on with that, with the size and all that. He's he's there, and he's probably not done growing. You know, he's, he's only a junior to be, and his dad's mm -hmm. a big man. Um, as far as the recruiting, you know, I, I've been told more than once since uh, Lincoln Riley uh, took over at USC that he is relentless on the recruiting trail now that he's out there and trying to get that program back or at least somewhat back to where it was. And, you know, he's going to continue to recruit uh, Rayola and Oregon is trying really hard. They really both schools really wanted to get him at their spring game last weekend. That didn't happen. Um, I think with the situation, it's more of a situation of Ryan Day doesn't want kids to visit other schools once they've committed to Ohio State. And I can understand why. Um, and I think in Dylan's situation, you know, he uh, – may not have totally given up at least the possibility of visiting other schools. So therefore he, he's continuing 
to think about schools and hasn't made a commitment yet. But, you know, I, I certainly like where Ohio State stands very much. I've crystal balled him to Ohio State. Ladies and gentlemen, when Steve Wiltfong and Bill Curlick crystal ball someone to Ohio State, they're basically enrolled. That's me saying that, not them, but uh, the track record speaks for itself. All right, for those of you on the podcast, we're going to take a quick break. For those of you watching the show, just give us one second. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right we are back gentlemen tonight is the nfl draft it begins at the first round and all there'll probably be seven buckeyes taken Over the course of the draft, you've got in order. Let me try and see if I can pull this off. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Nicholas Petit-Frere, Jeremy Ruckert, Thayer Mumford, Tyreek Smith. We'll see if Master T gets in there, and I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. But it's going to be an interesting evening. I think everybody believes Olave and Wilson will be first-round draft picks. Anywhere being picked. I've seen Garrett Wilson mocked as high as three. And Olave mocked as low as 24 to the Cowboys. But I think they'll both be off the board by about 17. I hope for Chris Olave's sake, he gets picked 17th and goes to the Chargers. Because the idea of him running around, running deep for Justin Herbert would be incredible. I don't think Garrett Wilson is going to have that luxury. I think he's going to be going to the Jets. So maybe we can get him on the second contract. You guys watched a lot of these guys. Who do you think will be the better pro? Bill, you go first. Well, you said interest going to be an interesting evening, Dan, unless you're a Browns fan. Uh-huh. There's not too much to watch tonight. But uh, uh, seriously, um, uh, with Olave, I, I really hope he gets picked in the top 15. You said top 17 because I know one of, his, one of the reasons he wanted to come back to Ohio State was you know to help the Buckeyes obviously and 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 certainly he did but he wanted to be a top 15 pick he thought that was realistic and 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 top 15 money is big time money so I really do hope he gets into that top 15 because that was one of the things that he had in mind and and it well could happen Uh, as far as who's the the better of the two you know it's kind of like uh uh 
uh, what do you like? I mean, they're both great. You know, if I had to absolutely pick one, yeah, I'd probably go with what everybody else, not everybody else, but most people do is that Garrett Wilson is going to go higher. But, um, you know, if I were the Cleveland Browns, I'd be really happy if, uh, if I could get my hands on Olave, which that's not going to happen. Mark? Yeah, you know, I listen to a lot of the draft shows and the prognosticators and people have these opinions. And remember, I was the guy doing the eye in the sky every week, and I've been watching these guys for a couple of years. And I remember a time where there wasn't a difference between either one of them, like Bill was saying. Like, you could have, you know, like if it was chocolate ice cream or vanilla, it didn't matter. Whatever one you were in the mood for that day, they were both delicious. And that's when I broke down film, what I saw. And each week, it could be a different guy. They both made pressure plays. They both can get deep. They both are silky smooth route runners. You know, maybe uh, statistically or you get a better feel for the Garrett Wilson or you, you get more confidence so you don't mind firing that gun first. But, boy, I, I think they are both real close to equal. And I think I've always thought of them that way. It's only that listening to other people, I've heard people make a case that, you know, Garrett Wilson is, you know, clearly the, you know, the better one. But I think that's closer than people think. I think – uh, seeing Chris Olave in person a few times, he does look kind of normal. He may not blow you away in street clothes. He may walk by you on campus and you don't know and first round pick just walked by you. So maybe that works against him. But when you put on the tape, there really is a slight to little difference, if anything. What do you guys make of the fact that Jamison Williams, when you hear a lot of people talk, they think that Jamison Williams is a better prospect than Garrett and Chris, yet there was never a day, I don't care what anybody says, there was never a day people were begging for Jamison Williams to jump any of the three guys on the depth chart that I remember. I actually, this is crazy enough, I actually wanted them to move Jamison Williams to safety. If you ever watch his high school tape, he's a freak, and he is a tough kid. What do you make of that, though, Bill? The, is that a case of Jamison Williams just needed a place to blossom, or we know better because we've seen him longer? Well, I just, I, I think you're right that he, he needed to play. And when you're playing behind the guys that he was playing at Ohio State, that's tough. I mean, like you said, he, uh, nobody talked about him taking the place of Garrett Wilson. How do you take Garrett Wilson off the field? You're not going to do it. Alave, you're not going to take him off the field. And that's part of the reason they don't throw to tight ends a lot. You got guys like that to throw to. So I just think it was he you know, ended up in a place where he got to play and it was a great place. He had a good quarterback throwing to him for two years, uh, different guys, but they were good quarterbacks and he, he blossomed. What's your vibe, Mark? Yeah. Again, I go back to the weekly breakdowns. What you guys are saying is correct. No one was asking him to leapfrog, but wow, he was impressive. I mean, in that third receiver spot, he was lighting people up. And, it, and I think why people are enamored with him is he is all speed. Yep. He is just an absolute burner. People love that. Uh, he he runs his mouth a little bit and says he's faster than Olave and Wilson, and so I think that catches people's eyes. Uh, the injury, I think, really is never going to let us know who the NFL thought was the best of all of them. Uh, if I'm the NFL and i got to wait for that injury to heal, I'm, I'm knocking him down my board. Uh, but I think the speed is why people are so enamored with him. We are going to take some questions, as we are wont to do. First, from Ed Rogers. Uh, who do y'all speculate that will be future first rounders that are on the team now? Obviously guys that won't get picked this year. I mean, there's some low hanging fruit here. We have a story up right now that Dane Brugler has said that CJ Stroud will be the number one quarterback picked in next year's draft. I think he, if you were to bet in Vegas right now on the number one pick in the draft, 
you would not get good odds on uh, C.J. Stroud. Excuse me. I think that Jackson Smith and Jigba is a lock to go in the first round, provided he's healthy. Who else jumps out to you guys now that I took the two easy ones? All right. One thing is kind of interesting. I, I was before that question came up. I wanted to chime in. We're talking about the Alave and Garrett Wilson. I wanted to chime in that uh, just wait till next year. Jackson Smith and Jigba is even better in my opinion, and that's yeah. saying a lot because I love those other two guys a lot. And I I coached uh, uh, Garrett Wilson's older brother in basketball. I know the family really, really well uh, and, and love that family. But I think Jackson Smith in Jigba is even better. I think he's, he's the, uh, he's going to be a, definitely a top 10, maybe a top five guy next year. And of course, CJ Stroud. And uh, those are the two obvious guys. I'll let Mark go from there. there yeah. I think JT Timalua is going to be a first round pick. There's no doubt. I'll put my money on it right now. Give me that a couple of years from now. Jack Sawyer, I'm starting to slide my chips to the middle on him. Uh, you guys forget about Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka. What are they going to do, catch balls and games for you guys to believe in them? I'm believing in them right now. Right. I, I know I know they're the next lineage. I've seen it. I, I, I know what's coming. Uh, I think there's offensive linemen that have a chance. I think we have some studs along the offensive line. But, yeah, low-hanging fruit. You're always going to have, you know, draft picks, but first-rounders, I mean, there might be four or five of them on this team right now. I, I want to add one guy. I want to add one guy, too, to that, Dewan Jackson, who is going to start this year for the first Jones. time. Er, Go yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's going to start uh, – Donovan uh, Jackson. Donovan Jackson. Donovan Jackson. I said Dewan. Donovan Jackson is going to start for the first time this year, and he's going to be good, and he's going to be great his next year, you know, Donovan Jackson's a real potential first round guy on the offensive line for Ohio state. You know, what's fun about working around the Buckeyes here is the more I think of it, names just keep popping into my head. Denzel Burke is going to be a first round draft pick. Absolutely. If he keeps it up. I mean, are you kidding me? So that's fantastic. We could sit here and go through the entire roster and probably roll our dice on it. All right, Mark, this is one for you guys to just crush from Ryan Snyder. Is Ohio State looking at any Central Ohio kids? Ohio's your wheelhouse. Bill, you live in Central Ohio. We're not going to give out your address for fear of the paparazzi descending, but what do you guys think? You know, I I think uh, in 2023, Ohio State only has a couple offers out. Uh, In 24, Springfield has Aaron Scott. You saw the uh, the Alabama coach was there to see him the other day. Uh, In Central Ohio, Kip Academy had Michigan come in and offer one of their players, you know, there's some guys there that have piqued some interest. Uh, Gahana Lincoln, uh, Kamari Burns is another guy that's starting to get some interest, a big defensive end. Uh, down at the Pickerington's, all kinds of players. you got the, the quarterbacks at both schools that are probably at least MAC level, maybe not Ohio State-type kids. Uh, Pickerington Central has the best chance to produce a, probably another Ohio State kid. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else in Central Ohio. Maybe Bill can help me out, and that'll jar my mind. I should probably pull up a list while I'm talking to you. What do you think, Bill? Uh, you, you, go ahead and pull your list up, Mark. Well, I, I got to mention one guy, and, and Mark uh, referred to him at least that I really like. And it's too bad for him that it's probably uh, it'd be tough to work out at high state wise. Is the quarterback at Pickerington, Landon O'Connell? He's he's good. I mean, he's six foot four, got the size you want. He's going to go two hundred pounds. Throws the ball really well. Had a really nice sophomore season. He's a 2024 quarterback, so that's going to make it a little bit tough because you got Dylan Rayola out there 
Um, but he's a guy that's going to be a highly recruited guy from Central Ohio, in my opinion. All right. Next question. Oh, this is our topic. From Adrian oh, I mean, uh, Will what? Smith in Central Ohio. Corey Burns, the Citiba Kappa. Uh, we got a few more. Sadiqa yeah, Kaba, yeah. I believe, is the one who just got the Michigan offer. At a Michigan kick. offer. Um, Gavin Grover just picked up Kentucky offer, a tight end out of Olentangy. That's his first offer. He's a 25 kid, I believe, or 24, 25. So you're starting to see the younger kids pop up. Um, Ryan Coretta at St. Charles and Angela McCollum. We saw at the Ohio State camp, the, uh, the Olentangy defensive tackle. Um, I could get deep into this list here, but I hope that answers the question a little more thoroughly for you. It does. Bill, this is clearly for you. Haven't heard you talk about your boy Tackett Curtis recently. What's going on with him? Also, really hope Olave gets drafted by the Birds. I believe that's the Ravens. Go ahead. The Tackett Curtis is Could be the Eagles. Just, <laughs> Tackett Curtis is just as interested in, as ever in Ohio State. He, of course, is the linebacker. Ohio State is recruiting him as a middle linebacker. Jim Knowles is recruiting him. Uh, he is at Manny High School in Louisiana. It, it's a, a smaller school, but plays big time competition. So he's playing against good competition. You know, he, he his highlight film, you know, he knocks people around. Uh, it's the same thing though. It's the same three schools. He's going to make official visits uh, to Ohio State, Wisconsin, and USC. He'll do Wisconsin first, USC second, Ohio State gets the last shot. Uh, they've left open the possibility of taking at least one more official visit, but I wouldn't be surprised if they stop at those three. And I like the Buckeyes' chances. He, they get the last shot with him. And and as I put on our site yesterday, the high state also right now gets the last shot with John Walker from Florida, a defensive tackle that they really like. He's visiting June 24th, as is Tackett Curtis. And that's shaping up to be a weekend that could be very, very good for Ohio State. Uh, Luke Montgomery is going to come in and make his official visit that weekend, as is Ty Lockwood. They're going to be recruiting these guys, and uh, it's going to be a huge weekend. Richard Young, five-star from Florida, is visiting that weekend. So uh, Taggart Curtis still very, very much uh, a guy that I could see landing at Ohio State, and they're going after him really hard. Mark, before you can comment on that, I want to ask the next question. I expect OS, this is from X Chrome Sausage X. He expects Ohio State to hit the ground against ND on fire. Do you think Notre Dame is in trouble in the season opener? New coach, new quarterback. Yeah, I just saw James Laronitis is on staff over at Notre Dame now helping out. Uh, it seems like they're building a little OSU West vibe over there. Um, I don't know if they're going to be ready for Ohio State week one. I really don't. The way Ohio State finished last year, that taste in their mouth is too strong. Uh, I think what's going on in the weight room at Ohio State right now is a daily reminder to come out on fire. And I, it's just Ohio State, you know. And really, I have all the respect in the world for Notre Dame and what Brian Kelly left behind, but that's a big ass coming out of the blocks. And now Washington is there now, too, of course. I imagine that's going to be one of your salt to your sideline approaches, but we are looking forward to it as Mike Campbell is looking forward to going to the shed. We appreciate you guys stopping by. Don't forget the draft is tonight. We will have everything covered completely. And today is fan appreciation day at Ohio state. Excuse me. Today is fan appreciation. Day. It's always fan appreciation day at Ohio state. 
Today is Fan Appreciation Day at Bucknuts. All of our premium content is free. That's free. F-R-E-E. You get Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter for free. I got to pay for these guys year-round. You got to enjoy it. Draft is tonight. We'll be all over it. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Sunday after the equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after the equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.